1 Chronicles 28, verses 9 and 10. I'll be reading from the New King James Version. As for you, my son Solomon, know the God of your father, and serve him with a loyal heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands all the intent of the thoughts. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. Consider now, for the Lord has chosen you to build a house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. David was nearing the end of his life, and the time had come for him to hand over the reins of the kingdom to Solomon, his son. The pages were about to turn to a new chapter for David. For Solomon, for the whole nation. David was very much aware of the importance of that transition. So he gathered the people together and offered them words of encouragement as they faced a change in leaders. And after he addressed the people, he turned to Solomon. And he gave Solomon a very solemn charge in the hearing of the nation. They heard it too. David wanted to impart to Solomon some words of wisdom as they turned that page in their lives. All of us are about to open up a new chapter. I want David's words to Solomon to serve as a very solemn reminder to all of us about what life is really all about. That's what tonight's sermon will be about too, God willing. And hopefully the two lessons will go together. I hope we make sure in our own lives that these principles are not lost in the process of our living. First of all, I want for us this morning to think about our responsibility to God. It's one of the things that David emphasized to Solomon. Notice what he said in verse 9 of 1 Chronicles 28. As for you, he said, my son Solomon, know the God of your father. Know the God of your father. There is no 
greater thing that we can do in this life than that. No God. Because everything else that we do as we submit ourselves to God really begins there. And, and that's the motivation. It's because we've come to know who God is. And David understood that principle. If Solomon was going to lead like he needed to lead, he had to start there. Know God. In Jeremiah chapter 9, verses 23 and 24, we have what I think is one of the great passages, not just in the Old Testament, in the whole Bible, about how important it is for us to know God. Jeremiah 9, beginning in 23, Thus says the Lord, Let not the wise man boast of his wisdom, and let not the mighty man boast of his might. Let not a rich man boast of his riches, but let him who boasts boast of this, that he understands and knows me. That I am the Lord who exercises loving kindness, justice, and righteousness on the earth. For I delight in these things, declares the Lord. God said, you know, it's possible for us to boast and brag about a lot of things. But he said, none of that ultimately matters. Whether it's material wealth, whether it's physical might... Whether it's wisdom. He said there's no sense in boasting in any of that. But if you're going to boast, be able to boast in this. That you know God. This is life eternal. That they may know you, the only true God. And Jesus Christ whom you've sent. John 17 verse 3. Know the God of your fathers. God has made Himself known through a lot of means. Creation, certainly. His invisible attributes are clearly seen, being perceived through the things that have been made. Romans 1.20 The heavens declare the glory of God. Psalm 19.1 We see God, certainly, in the person of Jesus. He that has seen me has seen the Father. John 14.7 We see God, certainly, and can learn of Him through Scripture, that God Himself inspired. And so as all of us settle into new routines that will involve new people, don't neglect to carve out time every day for God. Don't neglect to carve out time just to be still. Remember Psalm 46, verse 10, Be still and know that I'm God. Carve out time for prayer, for Bible reading and meditation. Those things can help you to better know God.
And remember too that it's one thing to know God and it's quite another to know about God. Some people know about God, but they don't know God. And certainly those two things are connected. They're not the same thing. And the difference ultimately is prolonged interaction. That's, that's really ultimately the difference between knowing about someone and knowing someone. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a longer period of interaction. I think I've used this example before to, to try to illustrate that point. I know my wife. I know her. We've had a lot of personal interaction for a lot of years. We've talked to each other. Shared experiences together. Shared our hearts with each other. Our innermost feelings and thoughts. I'm comfortable in her presence because I know how she feels about me. I know where I stand with her. I know her. I know about my paternal grandfather. My, my dad's dad. Never met him. He died before I was born. Now, I know some things about him that I received secondhand through those who did know him. But I never talked to him. Never had any kind of personal interaction with him. Never shared anything with him. So I know about him, but I don't know him. I know her. Now, when it comes to God, we can know a lot of things about God. But if we don't have ourselves a lot of personal interaction with God, we don't know God. And so David said to Solomon, during that time, as that time of transition was beginning, David said, Solomon, it's important. That you know God. But it's also important, David said, to serve God. Know the God of your Father and serve Him with a whole heart and with a willing mind. See, one of those leads to the next. When we come to know God which will involve knowing what God's done for us and why He did it. That will naturally result in our desire, if our heart's where it needs to be, in our desire to serve Him with our heart. Some people try to serve God in ways that lack sincerity and devotion. Some people will, will offer obedience to God, but with no more of a motivation than just a desire to avoid hell. Now, don't get me wrong. Anything wrong with wanting to avoid hell? Matter of fact, uh, Peter would write in 2 Peter 3, verse 11, knowing that these things are thus to be dissolved, as he talked about the destruction of the world at the end of time and God's wrath and punishment. He said, knowing that these things are thus to be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy living and godliness. 
In other words, you know, that's, that's part of the motivation, but it's not the sole motivation, and it's really not the primary motivation. There's more to serving God than just avoiding His wrath. God desires that we serve Him cheerfully and, and freely because we love Him, because He's good to us. The goodness of God leads you to repentance, Paul wrote in Romans 2, verse 4. And so we serve God not, not to court His favor and, and earn anything from Him. We serve Him because we've been recipients of His favor. As we pointed out in class this morning, you know, God loved us first. So, so we don't submit ourselves to God in order to, to get Him to love us, He's already done that. 1 John 4, verse 19, We love Him because He loved us first. God started it. And so we respond to His love, and we respond to His offer of salvation, and we respond to His goodness because He's been good to us. Serve Him with a whole heart. And a willing mind. Because David goes on to remind Solomon in verse 9 that God searches the hearts. And he understands every plan and every thought. We're not going to fool God with half-hearted service or with ulterior motive. So David tells Solomon, know the God of your father. And serve him with a whole heart. And serve Him with a willing mind. So that is considering the responsibilities, our responsibilities before God. But also, David wanted Solomon to think about the promises of God. Promises of God. Motivation. At the end of verse 9, he says to Solomon, If you seek Him, you'll find Him. But if you forsake him, he'll reject you. Now, those, those are promises. They're very simple and straightforward promises. If you seek God, you'll find him. Azariah the prophet said the exact same words to Asa the king, or he would later, Second Chronicles 15 verse 2. And that's why we're here, is to seek God. Again, we talked about that in class this morning. Acts 17, verse 27, God created every individual on the face of the earth that they should seek Him. That's why we're here. To seek God, to honor Him, to glorify Him. And He's promised us success if we'll do that. To those same Athenian philosophers to whom Paul said, you've been created to seek God, he said in the very next breath, and He's not far from any one of us. If you seek Him, you'll find Him. God's going to make sure of that. Ask, seek, knock. Matthew 7, verses 7 and 8. Draw near to God, He'll draw near to you. James 4, 8. But the key is to seek Him with the whole heart. Jeremiah 29, verse 13 finds God saying, you will find me when you seek me with your whole heart. That's God's promise. 
But the other side of that promise is just as true. If we forsake Him, we'll lose His blessing. If we reject Him, He'll reject us. Jesus made the promise in John 15, If you abide in Me, then you'll bear much fruit. He that does not abide in Me, he'll be cut off. John 15, 1 through 6. Our responsibility to God and the promises of God. Life is a series of choices. You've heard me say that several times, I'm sure. But that's what it is. You can boil down life to a lot of things. It just depends on the perspective that, from which you're, you're assessing it. You can talk about life as, as far as its, its, its blessings are concerned and things like that. But from the standpoint of our actions, from the standpoint of how we live life, that's what life is. It's just a long, drawn-out series of choices. When you woke up this morning, you, made, you had choices to make. Some of those choices are, in the grand scheme of things, not all that important. What am I going to wear today? What am I going to eat for breakfast? Right? But, but it's a choice, right? Got to make a choice. Some of those choices will have eternal consequences from day to day. And it's easy if we're not careful during times of uh, transition that uh, feelings of uncertainty can arise. What's going to happen? Who's coming next? What's it going to be like? We don't know the answers to those questions just yet. But it's, it's because of that kind of circumstance that we're in that the uncertainty can derail us if we allow it to happen. So don't let those feelings of uncertainty that you may feel today lead you into making poor choices. Poor choices like what? Well, how about letting your attendance to worship slip? Can that happen during times of transition? When things seem a little bit more uncertain and unsettled than what they normally are? Sure, yeah, that can happen. It has happened. Don't let that happen to you, because ultimately it's going to be your choice. Don't let this lead you to bad choices like neglecting your daily study time and prayer time. Don't allow the uncertainty of the time and, you know, let's be honest, the sadness of the time. Don't let it lead you to make bad choices. 
Make the choice instead to look ahead to the future with joy, with anticipation, with faith. Creech, I appreciate what you said in your prayer, brother, about the elders. They are good men. They are men who want, wasn't going to do this. They want what's best for you guys. Trust them. Trust God. Know the God of your fathers. Serve Him with a whole heart and with a willing mind. And that is the combination that neither the devil nor all of hell can overcome. But that choice is yours to make. Never have I had more confidence in the future of a group of people than the confidence that I have in this one. Because you know the God of your fathers. And you're serving him with a whole heart. Keep doing that. There may be someone in the assembly today who needs to respond in a public way. Maybe someone who's not a Christian, but is ready to make that step. We're ready to help you. Maybe someone who already is a Christian, but needs the prayers of your Christian family, or perhaps struggling with some sin. If we may help you with any of those things this morning, we invite you to come as we stand and sing together.